welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fam With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. I just want to say that I, looking back now, made the correct decision in closing off my calendar to new inquiries during the time frame that I did. I'm just going to go out and say that right now. The fears that I had about closing off my calendar were unfounded. I mean, per usual, I feel like a lot of things that's the case for a lot of things that happen, but seriously, it was exactly what I needed. And I'm even considering doing it again later on this year, like around the holidays, maybe, I don't know, just to give myself some kind of reprieve. Yeah, I actually used you as an example. Yesterday, another advisor was telling me that she was considering doing it because she's just so burnt out and she just, she needs a break if she's going to continue. And I was telling her that you had done it. It seemed it went by really quickly, but you said it was exactly what you needed. And now you're off to the races doing lots of consultations. So yeah. So if you're on the fence and you know, you need a little bit of a break Give yourself that grace, use that time to work on your business or not use that time to service your current clients, work on the delivery of the service so that nothing falls through the cracks, work on, I don't know, anything that's not going to add to your stress level. It's not like you weren't working. It's just that you took a break from new inquiries. You needed a little break. I mean, Tons of DMCs are doing it right now. They're like, we're, we're not taking any requests before X date. You are a one human being with 24 hours in the day. Mm-hmm. And I feel that if you don't do what you need to do to control the uh, fire hose, you are leaving yourself really open to possibly damage your reputation or make a mistake that is very financially devastating to you. So be aware of where you're at and do what you need to do. I have been lucky. I've been cutting back, but I've been able to push things out to my team. So I'm not overwhelmed, but I'm very aware of how I'm feeling and if it's getting too much and I am loving saying, no, but I have someone else who can help you. No, but I have someone else who can help you. It works out perfectly, but not everybody has that. And if I was by myself, then I certainly would have had to just turn people away or shut down for a period of time. So I'm glad you did it. Me too. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we jump into our discussion this week, we want to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. So this first article, it is on something that we were super excited about last week. Um, it's from Travel Market Report, and it it talks about how U.S. tour operators are seeing a boom after the inbound testing requirement ended. So, no surprise. No surprise. This is what we were expecting. Um, it made me, every time when I have a client who's about to leave um, and they're asking about COVID requirements, like last minute, um, if anything has changed, 
it makes me feel not happy, but more calm to tell them you don't have to worry about testing to go over there and you don't have to worry about testing to come home. Yep. I think uh, one of the exceptions is for cruises because the cruise lines are still requiring tests. And Mm, that's right. Honestly, I cannot blame them because they simply cannot afford to have a big outbreak on a ship. It would be potentially bankrupt level (laughs) impact. So I don't, I don't blame them for taking their time on that part, but you know, it's such a huge weight off. The problem is now we're getting tons of last minute Europe inquiries, at least I am. And I'm like, it's it's not going to happen. <laughs> There's just not availability or prices are sky high. The hotel rates are high. The flight prices are off the charts. I was just thinking today I should put something out about how there is space on a lot of these med cruises this summer. And my favorite thing to book people are European cruises, river or med cruises or whatever. But then I'm like, well, what do the flight prices look like? Because, but I do think the cruise lines are trying to make very attractive cruise fares to offset that. So it's worth looking at, but it's kind of a tricky, it's like a double-edged sword. I'm so grateful that that's off the table. But then for this summer, it's a bit tricky. (laughs) And people are now suddenly like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. Ooh. Yeah, I would say, you know, for the summer, depending on what country they're requesting, I'm either saying, no, you need to look at another time because everything is sold out. For example, Italy. Um, Italy is, I I feel like... Bananas. It's, it's bursting at the seams. Um, but, you know, if it's something that's not as full, you know, that's something that I will potentially look into um, for something considered last minute or some, something this summer. Um, but this article has, um, they interview different spokespeople for different tour operators. For example, Colette's in here. Globus is in here. A spokesperson for Colette told Travel Market Report the tour operator was thrilled to see the testing requirement lifted in the two and a half days after the news broke. Colette saw a significant shift in international bookings from domestic bookings. Approximately 75% of the business that has come in from a booking standpoint are for international tours. And of that, more than half is for this calendar year. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Steve Bourne, the CMO at the Globus family of brands, told TMR that the news was a clear indicator of travel confidence. Um, According to Bourne, volume for Globus is already up over 50% from the same time the week prior, which he called a very positive sign. No pun intended, but funny (laughs) use of words. Um, We know our advisor partners and their clients are relieved by this news and will remove what's been seen as a leading barrier to international travel. He added that Globus expects its remaining 2022 inventory to start moving quickly. We're poised and staffed to help advisors with the new demand and the positive impact it will have on international travel, including a welcomed boost in bookings for the Globus family this summer and fall. And that's the key. Are they staffed? Is there enough staff to handle this onslaught? I think we're all going to make it work. We can make it happen. Um, 
Paul Berry, the CEO of Avanti, said that Avanti 2 has already seen a positive impact. He said, we've seen a significant increase in terms of the number of quotations for FIT travel that have been requested by advisors since the CDC made their announcement. That number is still growing, but at this point, it's about 15% above the number we were receiving before the announcement. And then Talc's CEO, Jeremy Palmer, says gross booking rates have increased by nearly a third overall compared to the prior three weeks. And in Europe, it surged by two thirds. We've got also Roseanne Zussman, the CCO from CIE, says that spring and summer interest for international travel was already robust, but there's been a difference in the tone of the calls over the past week. <laughs> the tone like, <laughs> can me over there? <laughs> Like frantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, both travel agents and travelers are distinctly more positive about the prospect of, prospect of travel and less hesitant about making a commitment to travel in 2022. Um, she says, concurrently, our 2023 bookings have been brisk since product went on sale in late January, and we continue to see pent-up demand resulting in long-deferred vacations becoming a reality. So basically, everyone's feeling good. I'm feeling hopeful. My hope is that, of course, this is going to get a little messy right now because we're all going to be scrambling to try to get people what they need. But then I hope that things just kind of level out to a manageable pace, (laughs) a good, strong, manageable pace. I'm not saying I want things to be slow by any means, Uh, but I think right now, because it's summer, Families want to travel. Suddenly they're able to travel without the worry of getting stuck anywhere. So this part, I feel like might be that last difficult hump we have to get over, hopefully, and then things Mm -hmm. will smooth out. But I look forward to very strong demand because of all the pent-up demand, just not that frantic level that, you know, makes us crazy. I had clients who did their honeymoon in Italy And I did not hear a peep from them one time from the day they departed um, to the day they returned. They tagged me on social because they were tagging me in photos and Instagram stories. Um, But I did a welcome home email and asking for, you know, asking for feedback on their trip. It was amazing feedback, glowing reviews. They had an amazing time. And I just thought to myself, this is how it used to be. These were like the good old days of pre-COVID, pre-pandemic travel. No news is good news. No news is good news. They didn't have to reach out about anything canceling last minute, you know, things like that. So I feel we'll see patterns of that more, hopefully. (laughs) Like, I don't want to hear from my clients at all. I give you all the tools you need to empower you to deal with any issues that come up. You can reach out to me if you cannot reach any one of the in-destination number, which you should be able to. But mm-hmm. if I don't hear from you, I'm going to take that as you're doing fine. You're having such a great That's time. You're not even thinking about me. <laughs> my favorite. And it's funny because that is how it used to be. And now we're seeing where we're getting like blow by blow texts from our clients. I'm at the airport. Mm-hmm. My flight's delayed 15 minutes. Like, yeah, constant text. And you're kind of like, why are you thinking about me right now? <laughs> <You> know, like, 
<laughs> Maybe they're like, we know you're worried. So here is where we yeah. are. Every time my phone dings, I have a mini heart attack. So please. Same. Same. <laughs> I kind of want to say like, don't text me. No one texts me. Like none, no friends and family, like do not text me because every time when I get a notification with a text, I'm just like, oh no, what's happening? Oh, yeah. just Gio wanted to ask me what I want for lunch. You'll pick it up. Okay. That's not bad. So, yep. Love it. All right. Our next article is from Travel Pulse. It says, officials limit tourist access on Italy's iconic Amalfi Coast Drive. So speaking of a high demand, mm -hmm. and we've talked about this all through since the pandemic started, that we're going to see different areas use this fresh start to kind of rework things so that tourism can be more mutually beneficial, I think. Um, so it says a trip to Italy is filled with bucket list items, including renting a vehicle to drive along the famous Amalfi Coast. The trip is stunningly beautiful as it literally hugs the sea with scenic views from Positano to Ravello to Amalfi. It's historical, traveling some portions of the road that was built centuries ago by the Romans, and it's somewhat frightening as the drive is perched high above the water on limestone cliffs with numerous hairpin turns on already tight roadways. I remember once a few years ago, I got the idea from the Auto Europe rep, but I was able to have, I want to say it was an Alfa Romeo or something delivered to the cruise port for our client in Naples to do this for the day, which I thought was the coolest thing. Uh, but it says it's also ridiculously congested, resulting in near constant traffic jams. So now Italian officials are doing something about it. They're thinking about putting into place this new plan um, to limit the number of tourists driving the Amalfi Coast. Uh, this is specifically for the 22-mile stretch between Vietri sul Mare and Positano, and it will operate on a system based on license plate numbers. So plates ending in odd numbers can only use the road between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. on odd numbered days, with plates uh, and plates with even numbered endings can use the road on even numbered days. And it's not every single day. Um, the rule will be in place only during the tourist season on weekends from June 15th to September 30th and every day during the month of August. Holy Week leading up to Easter Sunday in 2023 will also be included. And the hope of this plan um, is so it frees up the road, but it also allows the people who live there a more... Yeah pleasant experience of living there and being able to leave on the weekends, being able to get like everyday life things done, um, being able to find parking, you know, all this stuff. So um, it seems like opinions are a bit mixed in Italy with Italian vendors. Um, one man said the plan is much needed despite what it might mean to his business. And one woman, she, the deputy mayor, said that you can't drive at weekends. People are trapped at home. You have to drive incredibly slowly because there are so many cars. And often it's completely blocked. Apart from anything else, you could have an ambulance trying to get through and anything could happen. So, um, you know, on, on one hand, like I said, much needed plan. Um he said, we're basically flooded for four or five months a year and residents have difficulty both parking and using the car to get from one village to another. Um, you know, 
there's the beauty of the Amalfi Coast. Uh, parking spaces are very minimal because of just the way it's constructed. There's not a lot of room to maneuver. And he said, even though they will lose clients, it's for the good of the towns. If you don't restrict traffic, the roads get blocked and you can't find parking and there's no other option. However, a tourist organization, the president of this one tourist organization made up of hotel owners, he calls the plan a disaster because it discourages tourists and makes it impossible to stay for an odd number of days. If you arrive on Wednesday, you can't leave on Thursday. It's not like you can send your rental car back on Amazon. So this is basically for people who are renting cars. Um, if you're using a transfer service and they have multiple vehicles in their fleet, you can maybe stay for an odd number of days, but there's going to be a logistic issue on the part of the transfer company. So, Well, I was wondering right away, are the car rental companies going to be assessing like which cars they have with even or odd number license plates and making sure to distribute them on those days or... <laughs> Are we going to have to call ahead and be like, I need a car that ends in an odd number? will be interesting, but I mean, at some point, something's got to give. Right. There's, there's people that live there. Like they said, mm -hmm. there could be accidents with ambulances and it's a bummer, but it's for the overall good. Not everything can be about money. And honestly, people will stop going if that's the miserable experience that you're mm -hmm. having just trying to drive there. So big picture, it's probably better financially as well. Yeah. We'll see how things turn out. Um, mm -hmm. But later on, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Last article on our list is from Travel Age West. And it talks about how a virtuoso survey says affluent travelers will pay more for sustainable travel. And I feel like we kind of touched on this in past episodes about how people are willing to pay more for sustainable travel, but it still seems like it's holding strong right now. And we have statistics. So. We have statistics. <laughs> we have numbers. Um, according to a new survey from Virtuoso, a high percentage of affluent travelers are more concerned with sustainable and responsible travel as a result of COVID-19. In fact, more than 80% of respondents indicate that the pandemic made them want to travel more responsibly in the future. These findings are in line with the results of Virtuoso's 2021 sustainability survey, which found that 78% of luxury travelers want to book with companies that have a strong sustainability policy, and 70% feel that traveling sustainably uh, uh, traveling sustainability actually enhances their vacation experience. The continued concern with these issues year over year indicates that sustainability is likely to remain top of mind among upscale clients. Yeah. And I think something, a lot of times when you say sustainability, people's minds automatically go to like paper straws and recycled this and recycled mm -hmm. that. And we don't wash the sheets every day and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's really a lot more than that. I actually spoke on a panel for the travel fair last week uh, with some amazing people. The host was from Skift and one of the um, editors at Travel Pulse was on there and a couple others. And we were talking about how it's a lot more than those other things. It's also about the money remaining in the community as opposed to just going to these large corporations that aren't even located locally and how 
not only is that better for the local community, but when you hire local tour operators and find these more authentic immersive experiences, the clients have a far better experience. So it is mutually beneficial all the way around. And I, it doesn't surprise me that people are willing to spend more knowing that they're contributing more to the directly to the economy and also just just getting to know the actual people in the place. Like you can go mm-hmm. to an all-inclusive in Cancun and eat chicken fingers all week if you want to and just pretend you're in the U.S. but you're on a beach somewhere. Or you can actually go out into the community and hopefully when you do that, your dollars are impacting that local community. And something that is really interesting in uh, this article that travel advisors should uh, keep in mind is that the survey revealed that luxury clients need help navigating sustainable travel choices, with 40% indicating they would be encouraged to travel more responsibly if they were guided by a trusted source, which Mm -hmm. creates a world of opportunity for travel advisors to step in and guide them through the process. Fast facts. Yeah, that's oh, good. Sorry, were you going to say something else? <laughs> well, I was just going to say um, a conversation I've had with a lot of friends and then clients that I have a closer relationship with is about Airbnb. Because mm, yes, um, Ugh, there's okay, two sides to it, it right? <laughs> You've got Airbnb that's actually owned by a local host. And I can understand wanting to send your money there. But a lot of Airbnbs are opened by are owned by corporations that... Are, and they're driving up property values in certain cities like Barcelona, Paris, a lot of these big cities, so that the people who've always lived there can no longer afford to live there because these corporate-owned Airbnbs are coming in and driving up property values. So that doesn't matter to some people. It matters to me. So if I feel mm-hmm. like a client would want to know about that before making that choice, I'll talk to them about it. If I don't have a good relationship with them, I, I'm not going to... I don't want them to feel lectured by any means, but if we're going to talk about it, like it matters to the community and travel should be mutually beneficial for the consumer and the local community. But a lot of people don't care. They're like, I'm going, I'm going to do whatever I feel like it take what I need and leave. And I don't care what the impact is. That's not my favorite traveler to work with though. I'll just say that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I touched on this Airbnb topic on my Instagram stories one time and it got a really large amount of engagement because most people, they don't think about the impact of Airbnb on local communities. And I think all in all, most consumers want to do things responsibly, especially the younger consumer, the consumer who um, is, you know, the busy professional. And, you know, they may not make a decision between two hotels based on their recycling policy. But when it comes to something like Airbnb, I make, I, it's, well, it's known that I don't book Airbnbs, but I want people to know why it's an issue around the world, because I think it's important for us as travelers to keep in mind that we're going to someone else's home, basically, like home country and what that what our choices can result in what the consequences of our choices are for those communities i put on instagram stories and i'm like you know airbnb was created with a great concept you're mm-hmm. basically staying with a local person in their home to get a more immersive experience 
And it was more often than not cheaper than getting a hotel room. But the way that it has progressed, it is no longer that mission. You know, I could easily buy a home in, you know, some big city in a developing country and that'll be like my vacation home. But then, you know, when I'm away, I could put it up for Airbnb. They're paying rent basically to me, but that money isn't being spent back in the community. Like I'm going to be spending it in Tampa, Florida. Right. So to me, I'm just like where it is now. And plus, like I've heard stories about how you have to pay like a $300 cleaning fee, but then all these Airbnbs are giving you a list of things you have to do before you leave. Uh huh. <laughs> so that's yeah, not a vacation to me. <laughs> nope, absolutely not. So, you know, I make it clear because I don't mind speaking my mind on things like this. And if they don't agree, they can go somewhere else. But that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, it says Virtuoso also found that the top trip types and destinations that travelers associate with or prioritize for sustainable travel include cultural tours, river cruising, heritage sites, African safaris, ocean cruising, and island destinations. Here's what they're saying. Um, The pandemic has shifted traveler mindsets. And I feel like, at least for my agency, I've really seen that in the custom FITs I've been booking. Um, The quote here is, the pandemic has led to an interesting phenomenon, taking sustainable travel from afterthought to forethought for travelers who are now searching for more meaning in their lives, their actions, and ultimately with their spend. This is from Jessica Hall Upchurch, Vice Chair and Sustainability Strategist at Virtuoso. Travelers want to know that they and their money are making a difference. The pandemic disrupted disrupted the industry unlike anything before, but it also shifted priorities, resulting in a renewed commitment from travelers to safeguard the planet and each other. This conscious comeback will continue to transform the way we travel, and it reaffirms our belief that travel can be a force for good. I just realized that I interrupted Fast Facts and then I still um, skipped the first part of the Fast Facts, which is that according to a survey, the main ways that travelers support sustainable tourism include reducing waste by bringing reusable water bottles, bags, and other items, supporting wildlife conservation, traveling during the off-season or to less visited destinations, contributing to causes that benefit the destinations and communities they visit, and seeking out sustainably-minded travel companies. But it's more than all that, as we discussed. Yes, it certainly is. So if this is something that you find that your clients might be interested in, um, or even you developing your brand as incorporating sustainability into your Mm -hmm. mission, um, definitely something to look into because as we can see from the numbers, the luxury travelers are willing to pay note to know that their dollars are going towards something good. And if you are trying to cater to the luxury market, these are conversations you might want to incorporate. You could put this on your inquiry form. You could ask a simple question, then you would know if it's a priority for your client or not. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be like, do you support sustainable travel that makes them feel bad if they don't answer <laughs> it? You could think of a more creative no, way. No, I absolutely do not. I hate it. But having a question in your inquiry form would help you know whether this is a conversation you should have and if you should offer them perhaps an upgrade to another company that has more sustainable practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think on my social and in my marketing, I try to touch on that Mm -hmm. topic and make it clear and educate 
to let them know it's not just about, you know, environmental stuff because so many things can be greenwashed these days. Like some company can say they're great with environmental initiatives on one hand, on the other hand, they're dumping wastewater into the ocean, you know, things like that. So, you know, I try to educate my audience so they know that that's something that I do. And I make it clear that we really do love incorporating immersive cultural experiences in their trip, which is another way to say like you're part of being sustainable is doing something immersive with the local culture because you're working with a small company or you're working with a small business owner to make something happen. That's really fun. And one thing I you know think about is one of my discovery calls today, she follows me on Instagram and this is a, a brand new client. And she said, I've been following your Instagram stories and I really love how you showcase a lot of the local lesser known activity. Like you did all these things and it was very hands-on. You got to be educated on a particular part of the culture. So one of the things was we painted when I was in um, San Miguel, we painted what we call what they call mojigangas, which is like a small version of these really big puppets that they use for parades. And that is something a lot of people don't realize and something that you can certainly touch on in your marketing. Absolutely. That's the kind of stuff that makes people more drawn to you. Cause as we've said many times, people want to do something special, not cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. So it's very smart to showcase those. Are we ready for excess baggage? Oh yeah. All right. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Report, Lindblad Expeditions is offering four early season Antarctica departures for the 22-23 season aboard its newest polar vessel, the 126-passenger National Geographic Resolution. Anyone booking one of the four voyages will receive complimentary round-trip air from Miami to Santiago, Chile, plus charter flights to Ushuaia to embark the ship. Another one from them says that Alma Waterways is expanding its Egypt offering, adding a second ship to the Nile River in 2024. An article from Travel Pulse says that RV sales and rentals are still going strong despite gas prices. If you're getting flooded with last-minute requests, Travel Pulse reports that ALG Vacations is luring guests with its Steal of a Deal program, which is once again helping travelers find the best deals on last-minute travel. Deals include several three-night vacations. A three-night stay at the Ibero Star Punta Cana starts at $4.99. And three nights at Dreams Aventuras Riviera Maya, Riviera Maya starts at $5.99. Recommend Magazine says that Rental Escapes is saying thank you to travel advisors by offering bonuses of up to $2,500 for every June booking made at one of its full-service luxury villas. To qualify, bookings need to be made by June 30th, 2022, First days between July 1st, 2022 and December 31st, 2023. Travel Agent Central reports that beginning Wednesday, June 15th, people traveling to the British Virgin Islands, regardless of vaccination status, will no longer need to register for entry clearance on the BVI Gateway Travel Portal and will not be required to show proof of travel insurance. In addition, day trippers, meaning travelers who had been away from the territory for less than 24 hours, or persons remaining in the territory for less than 24 hours will no longer need to present a COVID test upon arrival. 
According to Travel Weekly, Disney Cruise Line's newest ship sailed into its home port at Florida's Port Canaveral on Monday. The Disney Wishes arrival situates the ship in Port Canaveral ahead of its June 29th christening, which will include performances and characters from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars films. Afar reports that you'll need a visa to enter Japan. Enter Japan now. As of June 10th, Japan reopened to travelers from 98 countries, including the U.S., but with a whole host of specific conditions, including the need for a visa. Our high note today is also from afar. Starting this month, Delta Airlines flyers will notice some new options for snacks and drinks on board. The carrier has partnered with several women and LGBTQ-led small businesses to bring new selections to the in-flight offerings that include cold brew coffee, canned wine, and ice cream sundaes. And that's it for excess baggage. So can we take the cold brew coffee and add the ice cream sundae in the cold brew coffee for a cold brew float? You know, that's the you, you introduced me to a cold brew float <laughs> and it is, I dream about it. I really, <laughs> whew. Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news. We we're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello? Please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at thetinlounge.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.